You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Yeah. Was I, was I the first one here? No. <laughs> yeah, right. That's never happened in my life. Me, me and Nick have to do our little catch-up talk ahead of time, so it's going to be hard to beat me to the thing. Hey, what do you guys think about the tunes in the background? Do you like this um, aesthetic to our show, this kind of Rough Rider? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, uh, as long as we don't have to pay a licensing fee. <laughs> we uh, uh details, we details. Idea a few years ago we were i did and i had this where we were going to open our show where it was going to be like ding ding in this corner you have chris rooney and we were going to do and then we were going to have where we had metallica like thunderstruck going at the same time and then the studio goes uh that's like seven dollars every time we play it or whatever it was and we're like yeah. okay we'll go back to <laughs> studio music yeah they wouldn't let us steal it. Yeah, that's, well, fair, that's why we told them. Fair. I mean, uh, that's I, why I we told them no more, no more, Andy. We're not doing it. We no wanted a limo doing. too, to and from the show. We wanted a limo. We didn't get that. Yeah. Well, we set the bar, Chris, and then we in reality <laughs> let it go. Drop yeah. us on the floor. It was terrible. It was bad news. Yeah. How's your week going? I'll tell you what, it's every Thursday comes really, really fast, I think. Um, I was able to uh, get out on my sprinter, though, and hide in this vast jungle out there and, yeah. uh, and get some stuff done. It was kind of fun. So um, you just drive around neighborhoods in your sprinter? and Yeah, I do oh, do that. Okay. And they kind Last of look back. and like, what is wrong with you? But. Hey, uh, All right. you guys want to come in my van and get a market analysis? <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's all, it's, it's pure black too, you know. I think it's a great so. concept, Chris. I would keep running with it. Uh-huh. Oh. Tell them there's free refreshments in the van. Um, I was trying to come to see you one night. So I was going to go I know, drive I heard it. that. I know. And then you. You know, you if you would have called me fancy place. 20 minutes before, I would have met you there. So what was the place I went to again? That was Big Boar. Big Boar in Hanover. Oh yeah. my god. What I mean, a hot spot, huh? I'm gonna open something just like that. I am. I think it's so cool because it's it gives us it's really like feels kind of old, but it's brand new and the food is amazing. And then they have the other thing I think is cool is they have a tar parking lot and then like a dirt one. Yeah. So you can like have overflow and I mean, it was raining that night, and we got there at five. And the the wait was an hour and forty five minutes, and no people surprise. were coming in constantly and getting uh, takeout. It was crazy. They they do this time of year too. I know they were uh, several of the graduation parties we went to over the last couple of years have been catered by them. Okay. And uh, so, if you want to be a sponsor, um, yeah. the uh, <laughs> no, I, I love it too. It's kind of got that roadhouse to. And, and, and I, I got to be honest with you, I think everybody likes a little adventure nowadays. So having a destination to go to and you get there and then it's awesome, it's kind of fun. It's, it's you know, it just adds to the element of, you know, and I know everybody else in the world's going, oh, no, convenience, beep, boop, on my phone, ding, dong, your food's here. And, and then it's all soggy and disgusting and you paid full retail times 10. I just, I, I'm not into it. I, I'd rather drive someplace, order it, receive it, just like ordering a pizza. Anybody that loves pizza knows when you go to the pizza parlor, you're like, wow, I didn't know their pizza was this good. Versus when it's delivered, you're like, yeah, this is all right. Right? I mean, just. Uh, and that's why you need to come to my office to list your house. Uh, I think that means we better talk about real estate. Market. Weird, weird market. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I don't. It's just kind of one of those things that you got to, you, you have to know what's going on in each price segment uh, yeah. or else you can get, you can, you can get in trouble. I mean, there's just different areas that are, that are actually kind of slow 
and not yeah. getting many uh, showings at all. And then there's others that are just crazy. Well, you know, last week, I can say this because it's already over. Last week, I gave a market on a house that was only a two-bedroom, two-bath house. And the market analysis came back in, and we were in the high fives at most. And I, and I keep telling everybody, hey, the market is transitioning now to more of an honest market, where I think your house will still be worth $589, but I don't think it's going to be worth $689 next year. You know what I mean? I think it'll, it'll chug along and kind of, you know. Uh, anyway, so I go along. I didn't get the listing because they wanted over 600 and, and now I'm going to be like, I'm going to be super nice and be like, Hey, no problem. Let me know if it doesn't sell. Cause I'm starting to see houses and I'm going on an analysis today um, for a house that didn't sell, put it up for sale. They're moving and the house didn't sell. And it's like, so the diagnostics of looking at per square foot, looking at, you know, the area, looking at your view, looking at what, you know, Bay you're on in the lake, look, all of those factors that normally go into huge amount of the value that have been taken away over the last couple of years because it's just chaos. Just the, I'll take it. I, I, I love actually, I, I don't love Redfin, but I love Redfin's TV commercials they're running right now where they're at a, at a, like a superstore and a do it yourself store. And they have houses on the shelves and the lady runs over there and jumps on and goes, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I got it. I got it. And, and it just, it's, it's kind of playing off of what, you know, was happening the last couple of years. Nowadays, everybody's standing back and going, huh, well, there's three houses there, and I heard there's four more coming. Um, let's just take our time and and wait, you know, and it's, it's I'm just telling you guys, it's not that we're heading off the, the deep end, but I think people are just, you know, hey, consumer confidence right now is kind of in the toilet. A lot of things going on. People are, I, like I said, you know, buying groceries, going to eat. It's a hundred freaking dollars for two people to go get a dinner. I mean, cost me 150 bucks to fill my truck. And I, I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm just saying those increases, which may be well-deserved, are just costing more of my disposable income to go towards those items, which means I have less disposable income to, oh, I don't know, throw into a big house payment, right? Because most people won't crimp their lifestyle for their house. So anyway. I think from an agent standpoint, too, we got to be real careful um, how we how we price things now, too. You know, because for a while it was just like, hey, it'll just find its own price. And now, to me, I think we got to be a little smarter about how we're how we're pricing it, um, understanding what's happening in the marketplace at the time versus it's not a blanket thing anymore. It's not a blanket thing. Hey, well, listen out here and you'll you'll get multiple offers. It's just not the case. So you really have to be smart about it. Um, there's a lot of uh, markets that have over that overpriced themselves that they're trying to think, hey, this is what we think they'll pay versus, hey, we know what the market's at and let's put it there and let the price drive itself. And people aren't doing that. It's kind of almost like, well, hey, if they want me to sell, I'll do it, but you gotta give me 300,000 more than what it's worth. And right. People right. just aren't ready to do that. No, I, I think you know, the other thing too, you know, and to add to that, Chris, I think the other um, situation I'm finding is that we're, these, these uh, listings that have what I call legs on them, where they're just, they're so much higher than all the other offers, right? They just, they're just, everybody's been at 450, 460, 470, and you're at 525, right? And it's like, those are the offers that I think you're going to go snip and those are gone. And we're going to be back at where we're supposed to be. And the extra 50,000 of gravy they were putting on top, I think some of that gravy is going to be going away. I, I mean, I've had my team writing offers all week on properties for people and we're not going over, um, we're at Usually, or you know, we offer some kind of a, and we always do market analysis first. Just say, hey, you know, we, we don't want to put anybody in harm's way unless you want to be in harm's way. Like you just have so much money, you don't care. Well, great, let's go out there and get you what you want. But I, I'm starting to see where offers are coming in real at or even a little bit below uh, list. Yeah. and we wrote four different offers and went uh, over list price in every one of them and didn't get a one. Isn't that crazy? So yeah, so it just it so depends on what that the price segment is it really is so you gotta you just gotta be cognizant of that and what's going on in there and stop listening to absolutely everything that says the market is great or it's horrible because some of the markets are unbelievable hey andy your magical internet money is going on the two right now too what do you think about that what Last week, you were praising it kind of again with the, the buyer you have buying a home with, uh, I think, Bitcoin. And uh, you, you go off and on like this. One day, you're like, it's the stupidest thing. The next day, it's maybe real. 
You know, I, I know enough about it to kind of almost understand it where it's like, and I like the concept. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about bettering systems, right? Especially within real estate. I like the blockchain style technology. I like the idea of having a, a platform that people can use to, you know, create a business. Like basically they talk about like um, with blockchain technology and, and the website base and commerce um, trading, you, you'll have companies like Uber disappear because even the, the Andy Praskin can all buy a cab and now use that platform and exchange money within that platform and, and have a commerce site and not even have to rely on an Uber. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, so some of those all technology-based companies are scared to death of those, you know, different styles of currency and platforms. But I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not. I'm talk to me about selling your house. That's what you should talk to me about. I'll talk to you about some some funny real estate things. We're gonna go into our <laughs> reacting to real estate memes segment. So this first one we got hey, here. Andy, at least you know something about it. I don't know anything. So, you just know you bought three hundred thousand dollars worth of it. Yeah. See, what you have to do is just be really dumb, and then uh, you don't get questioned on things. I just like I, I don't really know. I, I'm pretty sure I own some of that. I think uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, hey, Chris, read this meme and explain it, please. Oh God, no, that's not a leak. It's an indoor pool. That's a guy flooded. He's canoeing around his uh, laundry room. Yeah, there's there's a pro there's definitely a problem there. Um, we talked That's about that. Funny. It's kind of one of my examples um, of a disclosure statement I use all the time. Is that you know if all of a sudden you on the disclosure statement you put that I've never had any water in the basement, but your neighbor knows that you know you're swimming around the laundry room every spring that comes around. You know you're gonna get in trouble. It's 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 gonna happen to you. But I'll tell you what, if something well, like that happens, you have to everybody's. What's that? Everybody's basement septic systems and or yeah. uh, or uh, drain tiles. If you ever have a problem like that, though, that's that's going to be a really big problem for you, unless something was absolutely a once in a like when we had that. Gosh, I think it was in 1987. I wasn't even in real estate yet. Can you believe that, Andy? I wasn't even in real estate, and we had. I mean, where they were like boating down 35W, and everything got flooded uh, out at that time. It was crazy. I remember. We could use some of that in Prior Lake right now. Just saying. It's really you, low. Are you guys not getting enough rain down there? I don't know. I mean, we're getting rain, but it's just the yeah. water is just not is not rising. So well, I know our place in Alex on Lake Ida, it was it was uh sorry, it was uh they want to move on. This means they want to move on. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> we we I think they've gained about a foot of of uh water uh, height in in uh yeah. A lot we of them it, though. man, we were way down. Yeah. A lot of them have, and I, I'm just like, I go, I drive around on these small lakes. I'm like, gosh, they look really good, and then all of a sudden you go to Prior Lake and it's low. So maybe there's, there's a hole. hole, a big hole. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Hey, look, everybody. This new realtor has a degree from Harvard. See, no one cares. <laughs> well, the problem is, is that, um, yeah, there's not a lot of. Uh, there is some. There's some really bright people. I mean, a gal in our office got three doctorates, for God's sakes. You know, so I don't know. One of my loan officers has a doctorate, too, and he's like, and, and uh, super dude, and he goes, you know, Andy, you told me everybody think that, you told me everybody will think that's cool, and I go, I thought it would be cool, and he goes, I don't know if anybody cares. More people question if it's real or not. Yeah. I mean, who would, who would get a college education? I mean, geez. And then no. beat your head on the wall with this business. Jeez. Only took me seven years, but I got it. Yeah. So, hey, those seven-year degrees are are worth their weight in gold, my friend. Yeah, I know they were they were good. It was worth the weight, that's for sure. Hey, Andy, my brother, I think, was on the same seven-year program up at St. Cloud with you. That's where they do them. That's yeah. good programs up there. You have to that Coke bottling plant or Viking or whatever it's called, and they. They'd break, you know, cases of beer and cases of Coca-Cola and they'd, ooh, you know. Really? Yeah. Hey, yes, guess, uh, we have a we have an old friend that's coming on today. We do. Remember your boy Cody? Yeah. He's he's here today. He's no coming. Way. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming. You're not, you're gonna, you're gonna be kind of surprised. Now he's trying to be a business guy. 
I mean, back then he was like a cool college football player. Now yeah. he looks like he's really businessy. Hey, oh, we got one more meme, then we'll introduce him. So oh, let's okay, stick to the sorry. script. Sorry, sorry. Okay, team, we need to recruit more agents. How do we do it? Uh, free NA, NAR pins, a $10 fax machine credit, offer better splits and more training, the clothes. Okay. They're throwing them out the window. Okay. We need fresh ideas. Okay, okay. help me explain. Yeah, so the guy oh, is saying. Get rid of those ideas. Those aren't good ideas. Yeah, so he's like the most reasonable idea, the fresh splits, more training, and the brokerage, the leader throws him out the uh, yeah. apartment building. Or like, whatever. you idiot, why would you do that? Yeah. I think there's well, a lot you, of you, new... you do have to, just like any business, you guys, I mean, you, it, you always negotiate better when you understand what the other side wants or what or how they're paid or how they make money. So when you understand that a brokerage makes money on certain things, don't pick on those things. You go around it and you go after other items that save you money or benefit you and your team more. So negotiating splits, negotiating um, fees, negotiating rent, um, all that stuff is very relevant. But on the at the end of the day, if your broker is not making money and they how, how do they you expect them to support you? How do you expect them to keep the you know the sticks and bricks up and on lights on for you when you have a client meeting? I mean, it's you you do have to really put that into the equation, I think. Yeah. I know a lot of people go, oh, we're virtual. Neat. Next time I need to meet with a realtor in the back of his van uh, at the end of the street, we'll call Chris. There you go. <laughs> I'll let you in. But, hey, I was going to say a lot of people are using that against the the brokerages that, that have been around a while, acting like their ideas are old and not new and um, that there's fresh and exciting ideas that are out there that are getting people. And, you know, the fact is there is – multiple brokerages that are uh growing and um but again it's it's what you want and what works for you but growing in what fashion that's what i always ask i mean are they growing because they have raving customer reviews and they've got better technology that the customer actually benefits from uh are they putting the customer in front of the brokerage are they put you know all those things that i think are important to a consumer and then we look at well you know they're not charging rent or they're, you know, they do free training or, but it's like, if you think about our, our true vow in this industry, put our customer's best interests in front of our own. So if that means doing the right thing and doing the right service or investing into a product that provides a better service to our clients, that's what we have to do. Because if we don't, it's pretty easy to sniff that stuff out, just like those memes we're doing. And all of a sudden you're, you're a greedy pig. And that's what most people have been trained to think in this industry for years that, all these realtors make so much money. How many times have we heard that? And they, they don't understand that your your $10,000 commission check doesn't go into your wallet. You know, you end up getting about 1500 of the 10000 by the time you're done with broker splits and taxes and everything else. So it, it uh, anyway. Awesome. Hey, so over the last couple weeks, months, maybe even a year, we've talked about uh, home affordability. We've talked about uh, Generation Z and millennials not being able to afford homes. So uh, you guys said you wanted to get him on this week. Uh, this is Cody Scherf, 26 years old. He has two rentals underneath his belt already. So he's kind of uh, shows that it is possible. But before we get to it, this next segment is brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. What up? Good morning, fellas. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you were holding a tomahawk steak in one hand and a glass <laughs> of beer in the other. <laughs> I know. That was at uh, the Caesars Buffet, yeah? Yeah. That, yeah that was... <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Great. <laughs> See, that, 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 dinner, that dinner has now shaped his life, Andy. He met you. 
And now he's buying real estate. He's licensed right. in two different states. I learned like, everything I know about real estate from that that expo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to fit in just fine in this business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so uh, Mr. Scherf, um, Nick is telling us that your little generation can't afford any houses to buy any houses. And uh, that, uh, you know, obviously you're dealing with those people. Um, just a little background. Number one, you um, started, uh, worked with Lifetime in Arizona, ended up transferring to Vegas. That time got another job, ended up purchasing a house. Um, but I think you bought one uh, while you were at Lifetime in Arizona as well. And so you actually got two places, each in Arizona and in Las Vegas. But yeah, with so moving kinda, and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yo, I kind of got into the rental business on on accident, I guess you could say. So I bought, I was, I wanted to get a home because I was sick of paying somebody else to live. Just thought it was smart. You know, I'm reading all these, these articles like, 90% of millionaires have something to do with real estate. So I'm like, okay, that's a crazy number. I'd be stupid not to, you know, go into real estate in some fashion, whether it's as an owner, you know, at this time I didn't even have the concept of being an agent yet in my, in my brain. I just was like, I'm going to get a house. See, it was a small one bed, one bath. And this is just what, this is what's nuts about it is, you know, I, I got it for, fairly cheap at the time. And, but I still was super scared because it was like, everybody's telling me all oh, the markets didn't crash. This was like this very start of COVID. It was February of 2020. Yeah. 2020, 2021. So it was like COVID was kind of like, we were, we were still like a year into COVID when I got this place and financing was tough. Cause I was furloughed for a little bit um, from the, from the health club because they were closed. So, you know, I didn't have a full, you know, uh, work history of income coming because of the furloughed period. So that lowered my approval amount. So I just got this little one bed, one bath. So let me get my feet wet, stayed there for a few months, ended up getting a job transfer. This thing had gone up in value so much. And I, for some reason, just didn't want to sell. I was like, you know what, let me, let me see what, uh, because for people that don't know, I used to, in college, I used to do a lot of uh, photography and videos for Chris. So I was like, you know what, let me, let me try what this Chris guy did back in the day. And I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can do it for myself with this little one bed, one bath, see how it goes. So I kept it, rented it out to a friend because not only can our generation, is it hard for us to get houses right now? The rent prices are ridiculous. Yeah. Like I have friends all the time they think I've got like 40 rentals for some reason. Cause they see like one picture of a rental. They're like, Hey, you got any other places that I can rent? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so I rented it to a friend, went to Vegas, was living with, uh, one of my old teammates at the time when I did the job transfer, the rental was doing so well. Granted it was like, you know, a family, a friend or an acquaintance of a friend. So they're, they've been a good tenant for me, but, I went through the same process in Vegas because I had thought at the time I was going to be there for a while. I was happy to be back. So I'm thinking like, how do I get, how do I get another place? Like I already have one, you know, it's going to be tough to probably get another, but at this point I'd had a year where I wasn't furloughed. So I was having the income. The, and the, the funny thing is you were talking about how hard it is to get a house. So the, the new job that I took from Lifetime had a had a work vehicle. So I was talking with my lender and he's like, well, you're going to have a hard time getting approved. So you're going to have to do one of two things. You're either going to have to clear out some debt to income ratio or you need to get a raise. And I was like, OK, well, I can't get a raise. That's not going to happen. I already just know that. So I'm like, look, I'm like, OK, I have a work car. I sold my car that I had to get that off of my debt to income ratio to get approved for the second house. And it wasn't like it was a, it was a huge house. It was, I mean, in Vegas and Arizona, just super hot markets. We're talking $200,000 home, you know, condo. It's a, so ended up getting another small condo in Vegas. And then my job's like, Hey, you're going to go to Texas for two months. And I'm like, what the heck? I just bought a house. So that one, ultimately I had to rent to another friend. Um, 
And so, yeah, I got the two rentals without almost really even trying to initially do the rentals. Just trying to find yourself a place to live. Yeah. Find myself a place to live. And I'm scratching and clawing, selling my car to get this house. Like it is, it, it wasn't like it was a walk in the park for me either. You know, it's just, can I, can I just make a quick observation for you? Yeah. That, that's why you're going to make it in this business. That's why you <laughs> have properties because you're doing what you need to do to make things happen. So many people are fat and sassy and just not willing to take any risks. And th that's why everybody gets ahead in life. You have to take risks to get those rewards and if you don't take the risk, especially when they're calculated, like you said, you know, people that have done this, you, you've done the math on it. You're like, this is a no brainer. I'm going to go do this and you figure it out. And that that's how most multimillionaires make the process start. I appreciate that. Keep it going, brother. Yeah, that's that's the game plan. So it. It's funny because to that point, like when I sold my car, I was telling a few friends and they're like, you sold your car. Like what, what happens if you, if you need a car? And I was like, yeah. and I was like well, I'll, just, I'll literally just go and, and get a new car. And that ultimately yeah. happened. Um, when I, when I got back into real estate is I, I had to turn back my work car. So for like a couple of weeks, I didn't have a vehicle, but it just went down to the dealership and got a car. It wasn't like, Right. Everybody had this, oh, you're not going to have a vehicle. It's like, I'll just, no, I'll just go and get another vehicle. Like, it's not. Yeah. Hey, Cody, on that. So now basically it's been about two years, within two years that you've bought these two houses. Um, yep. You were able to, you know, buy them because uh, you were owner-occupied them. Your circumstance changed and you moved. And so you got to rent them out. What do you think um, they're, uh, the, the equity is now that you have? Uh, it's been, um, so the one that I got, the first one that I had gotten, it was that one bed, one bath. I think it's just a little bit over, it's like 714 uh, square feet, I believe. And it blows my mind. It's, I mean, it's in a, it's in almost like an Edina of uh, Arizona. It's in Scottsdale and it's gone up. I got it for 170 and there was actually two comps now that I'm um, able to go onto the MLS there. There's two comps that just sold for 248, like 248, 254, just nuts. So, so it's like, grand. yeah, that one's gone up 80 grand. And then the one in Vegas, uh, that one has gone up probably another 60. Yeah. So, and I got, I closed on that one, not even that long ago. It's almost been, yeah, like only seven months because I got it last October. So you so you actually did get that raise you were talking about that you didn't have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, raise. Not yeah. Just through real estate. I'm just saying. Yep. So, <laughs> no, that's good. So the other thing that, uh, you know, in, in doing this, you also started thinking, geez, I might as well. I'm going to get licensed. And so then you started and you went and got licensed in Vegas. And now you did Arizona. And what's your, what's your thought process? Why Vegas and Arizona? Why would you do that? Yeah. So I, well, I just love the desert in general. So I, I went and a little background. I, I went out and played, uh, played football at UNLV. And as soon as I realized I could wear t-shirts and or shorts and uh, long sleeve in February, I uh, was like, yeah, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna worry about shoveling snow again. Yeah. Hopefully. You're a Minnesota. You're a Minnesota kid. Yeah. Yep. Born and raised Minnesota. Um, yep. Went out. Never. Never really knew how it was going to go going out to UNLV, but uh, it was probably my best opportunity. So, and then when I went out there, just loved it. And then I've been in Arizona and Vegas ever since. So, what are the struggles for a new a newer agent? Yeah. So you guys were actually kind of talking a little bit about like all the new technologies and everything. And that kind of uh, was reminding me of my process starting out here. It's like as a new agent, you're excited, right? Like you want to sell, you want to sell everything and sell everyone's house. And there's all these different things that you can do to, to try to find uh, listings, to try to find, you know, people to work with. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now trying to figure out like, okay, do I do flyers? Do I door knock? Do I ask my friends and my family? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I'm like, not, not necessarily struggling, but I'm finding like, 
I'm putting a little bit of energy into all these avenues. Where is there one that you guys would recommend? Like, hey, if you're starting out as a new agent, just go all into this, and then that might lead you to that. Or what? What is your guys' advice? I'll tell you. When I first started in real estate, one of the big things I did while I was waiting for my test to get done is I, I broke out this huge, big card piece of cardboard, and I'm like, I'm just going to start calling everyone in the phone book. I mean, that's what they tell me to do. And so I put this whole thing together. And if they say yes or no, and we just kept going and going and going. And uh, I started my phone calls after three of them. I'm like, done. I'll never do that again. I mean, I got hung up on, I got yelled at. And then someone wanted to talk to me for like a half hour. And so I'm like, that that's not going to work. Um, my eventual thing was, and I remember, I mean, you saw my commercial. I grew up in a real estate family. I mean, I was in real estate the whole time. There's no way. No possible way that I could fail at all. Well, six months later, I still hadn't sold a home. And so what I figured out and what I had to do, I felt the most important thing was is to know more than everyone else. And so I studied everything I possibly could because I figured, boy, this is kind of a big investment for people in which to make. I better know what the heck I'm doing if they're going to take a 23-year-old kid. And then back then, there, was, there wasn't there was Zillow. You heard me say that. There wasn't Zillow. They, it didn't say, hey... Chris is the coolest guy in the world. It's just like, he's just a young kid that don't know nothing. So knowledge, knowledge, knowledge to me is number one. And then my other thing was, is that I figured that, geez, if I'm sitting at an open house, there's people that are coming in that more than likely are looking for a house and or trying to find out and figure out what their house is worth. And so I did open houses, but I just didn't do them say, okay, I'm just going to do an open house and hopefully I'll talk someone into buying it. I studied everything about that house and about that neighborhood. And then all of a sudden people said, oh, gosh, I, I work with you. This guy does know what he's talking about. And then that's how it grew. And then, I mean, my business is mainly referrals and past clients now. What about you, Andy? I uh, I would I actually was just in Vegas um, and actually had the, the, the privilege of listening to a young man um, by the name of uh, Quintavius Burdett. And he's out of Germantown, Tennessee. He was a football player and, uh, you know, got through playing football at the local university there and was kind of a star player. And he completely took advantage of his status as a known local guy being on the football team, uh, started going door to door and wearing his jersey and saying, hey, I'm going from this to this. And he started introducing himself, handing out his card. And he goes, hey, you want to work with somebody that can't afford to fail? That's me. You want to find somebody that'll work harder than anybody else in town? That's me. I need success stories. I want you to be my first. Let's go. And they, he, he, so going to the people that know you sometimes is, is I think that we all have this fantasy that everybody will want to do business with me. That's unfortunately not true. Most people don't want to do business with every, you know what I'm saying? Like they only want to do his referral or they want to know, um, Hey, this person's really well known in this area. So you take like a guy like Chris here where he's really well known in prior Lake. People from Prior Lake will go, oh, I know that guy. So they'll call him. But in your situation starting up, taking uh, going back to your roots of UNLV, I would I would talk to coaches. I would talk to players. I would talk to everybody that's there and say, hey, listen, help me get going here. I'd love you to be part of my success. What can we do together taking advantage of our you know our former relationship in a, in a good way, however you want to word that, and, and, and help me launch my career? You know how these football guys are. I mean, they're tight. I mean – they're they're literally your brothers for life and so i would start there personally and and a little bit of you know oh yeah that's right you did play football because in 10 years they might forget right now they still remember you know what i'm saying and so those little stepping stones that can help you get your career started now you got one now you got two and then learning the art of being fantastic at your job and making sure that hey when people are at that point of where they're like um and this is kind of a real estate tip to real estate agents when people are the most excited about you and what you've done for them is when you should ask them to say, Hey, would you brag about me to your friends and family? Right? So when that offer gets accepted or when that property sells for top dollar, you know, um, is when you want to ask somebody saying, Hey, I would love to help, you know, uh, grow my, or I'd like you to be part of my success. Let's, you know, you know, anybody that you could brag about me to, here's a couple extra cards. Oh, by the way, here's what I can do for you. You brag about me and maybe I can, you know, get you, free lawn service or something or whatever, you know, there, there's a lot of cool things you can do to network with other people that will get your business rocking and rolling. But the the key thing is, is this success story. Number one, don't worry about the top 50, worry about number one, do one deal, 
do two deals, do three deals. And, and that's where it starts, man. And, and just, it's so easy to get just so dis, disorganized in your brain, focus on one deal at a time and make it like the Ritz Carlton service, right? Yeah. Where they're like, my God, this Cody guy's insane. I mean, he had a cooler of water, the favorite water, my bubbly, the favorite, you know, passion fruit, favorite water I love. And he had my snacks I liked. We went out looking at houses and this guy was fantastic. He even had a towel for my sweat with his logo on it. It was unbelievable. Think about it. How can you get that white glove service down there that other people are too scared to offer? Anyway. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And you have to do what you enjoy doing. If you don't do what you enjoy doing, you're not going to do it. And you're not going to do it very well. So if you like what you're doing, then you have a passion for it. So if it's like me, if I if I had to go knock on doors, I mean, I would be definitely in a different profession for sure by now. Because I'm not going to knock on people's doors. You know, the phone calls lasted three of three phone calls. It lasted three. I'm, like, I'm not doing that anymore. I, and so I found something that I like. And it was talking and uh, meeting and networking with people and, uh, and learning the trade. So you got to do what you like. Yeah, I was gonna, and then you had another quick idea there too. Depending on how you're structured, if you want to stay completely independent and not be part of a team, find some of the uh, agents that are in the office that maybe are at the end of their career. Maybe they're five or ten years away from retiring. Start networking with them and saying, "Hey, listen, if you get a bunch of business that comes in and it's extra, why don't we do you know a split, a fifty-fifty split? Let me run around the buyer for you, and I don't have to be part of your team. You don't have to buy me nothing. Let's just work together. I'll work your." customers and report to you like your liaison almost like we're working together as a partnership and and sometimes those those experienced agents are looking for a little break they do want to go golfing on a friday afternoon instead of running around a buyer so they may say you know what let's go ahead and take little billy out shopping for a house for me and let's just split it or let's do whatever and then you report back and i, I found great success working with other real estate agents too just networking with them and saying hey i'm willing to, to take your scraps whatever that means. And I, and I mean that not disrespectfully to those listening that are clients, but I mean, I'll take the deals that are too, you're too busy to really knock it out of the park. Give me a chance to hit a home run for you, you know, or throw a that's touchdown. Actually, or yeah, that's great advice. That's, that's kind of what I think my first deal might actually come from just because it's been so busy in in this market out here in Arizona. And my, my broker is, he has his hands full. He's got like, yep. Even even some of my training has been, you know, a little neglected just because he's like, we got to go clean out this open house. You know, we got to go and do this and that. And he's like, I got these these listings going on. So he's like, once you get, you know, let's get you all set up and, and I'll pass one um, on over to you. Well, because, you know, think about this. You can't show everybody that you can hit home runs if you never get up to the plate. Yep. Right. Exactly. So you got to have those customers. You got to get up to the plate. You got to swing that bat. And so. Sometimes working at a commission split that most guys are like, oh, I don't need any. I don't want to do any commission splits with anybody. Do them. Get that customer working with you. Take great care of them. Show them what you got. That customer will refer somebody back to you. You know? Anyway. Yep. You'll do great. Hey, let's uh, get into our social media react segment. Cody, if you want to stick along and, and react to these videos with uh, these two old guys, you want Cody to probably do this. Yeah. Cody can do this stuff. These are things we we, we directed Cody, just so you know. All these, these are uh, Cody's videos. Yes. <laughs> are these Cody's videos? Hey, Cody, I'm just going to take you off and put you back on so I can get their two faces when the video is going. Otherwise, it's going to cover oh, yeah. you guys all up. That's good. We have to hide on this. And here he is again. Here he is again. That's astonishing. Oh. It's absolutely world class. That's awesome. I think that's a lot of what we think too. You know that you you do all this work and everything, and you get uh, eleven views. You know, like you're. It's like, is it worth it or isn't it worth it? But there's so many different ways in which to be able to promote and send this stuff out, and and like that to me, that's funny, and that's kind of kind of making fun of yourself, which in, endears you to others. Well, I think we all hear that. Make videos. Make videos. Make videos. Well. And we, we only see we have 11 views. It doesn't matter. It's it's getting in front of the right people when they're ready to learn is the key. Timing is everything in this. Because who's going to watch it? Like even this show, a lot of times people, it's entertaining to us. It's entertaining to our family. But if they're not interested in real estate information, they may not want to absorb this show. Now, six months ahead from today, they go, hey, where were those two guys that do that video 
real estate thing. And then they'll start watching because now they're getting, they're thinking about selling their house or thinking about buying their house. Now they want to absorb content. So when you get a client that does engage with you, I don't care if it's only 11, you only need one. And all of a sudden you could, you know, have that video pay for itself 10 times. I want to add on this too, because this is what Chris told me this from day one. It's like, a, it's all kind of about branding yourself. And then you mentioned it too, when you said, Hey, when you get that first deal, make it the Ritz Carlton, like go all out, bring the bubbly, bring the spike, sparkling water. They want Capri Suns. They get Capri Suns. You know, what, what is your guys's? So someone's making videos is getting 11 views, you know, like what would you, cause all everything that you're doing you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would say is, is, is building your brand, your own personal brand as a realtor. Sure. What do you guys suggest as, especially as a new agent too, like doing those things to build your brand? 1000%. And just having something that, and if it's not like, Hey, I don't really know quite what I'm doing yet. You don't have to do a video on, Hey, I only sell condos in Arizona. But it might be, you know, who who you are, who, what what are you about, you know? And if it's someone that's hustling and going and doing that, you're playing videos based on that. You can always kind of narrow them down into, hey, I sell condos in Arizona, and it, it just might be a little bigger image of yourself. Um, but it's who you are, and the quicker you can know that or or feel that without pinning yourself into something, I think it's the better. I'll tell you what, you know, uh, I, being relational, you know, where you, people can relate to you and, and having videos where, Hey, this is Cody today. We're getting up, we're going to work out. We grind, you know, we're working out. We lifting some weights today. And then I got an open house between this and this, and then I'm going back. I've got to write a contract for this. All of those things are interesting to some people. So it's almost like a live TV show. You, you can have followers for that live TV show perspective. You can also have where you just say, Hey, you know, running the crazy real estate. Sometimes you got to work out at two in the afternoon. That's why I'm here with all the old farts, you know, and, and it'd be funny, but it's, you know, you're there with all the old men that are working out or, you know, or whatever. And you kind of have a, uh, 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 have fun with it because there's other people that can relate to it. When people can relate to you, they connect to you. So it's like, I think that there's a huge opportunity there, especially being young with all your connections, with all your, whatever, you know, uh, I'd wear my damn Jersey everywhere. I'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> you, still got, you still got I your shirt. right now. No. Um it's Andy, why, don't, why don't you go get yours on and break and, and we'll watch this next one. That is good. Oh, oh my god. god. Boy, we don't know that person, do we? That kind of a person that uh, is pretty much uh, just been beat up for a long time, and now all of a sudden they're the the HOA president, and you're—I uh, mean, every flower petal is going to have to be perfect over there. So, <laughs> no kidding. That's what I just had an encounter that that reminded me of that not too long ago. Was uh, you know. <laughs> Cam had his jet skis out in the uh, front of the house and the, it was like two days and the like <laughs> HOA guy comes along with pictures of the jet skis and says that it's making the neighborhood look, <laughs> look, uh, whatever distressed. Oh, yeah. He's like, it's, it's been two days. What is, what is wrong with you? I find that people that run associations find great pleasure in delivering that news to people and they're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's just think about what that video just did. I mean, and that's what a lot of videos do. That reminded me of something. So you you, it's kind of like you. Uh, I don't know. It it's like you take it your own way. So this might have been, you know, hey, we're making fun of that one guy that did it, but now all of a sudden Cody knows someone. That, oh, there it is. That happened too. <laughs> this was back oh. when I played for Green Bay. You guys, I uh, <laughs> my old Prasky jersey. <laughs> Now, my now wife ran into the house to grab it just to make fun of me. That's awesome. You got to put it on. What are you talking about? That thing, is, that thing is. I, I saw that thing hanging. For Christ's sakes. I saw that hanging in the garage. What are you talking about? Yeah. There's yeah. like a shrine. <laughs> Very proud. Oh, we got another one. Yeah. Ha! So look at him. 
Check the flavor of the rhythm I wrote. And while I get a chance here, let me clear my throat. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let me clear my throat. Yeah. I, I, I got to ask you, man, when you get a rhythm going, there's nothing that feels better when you're doing the right things and people are rewarding you with business. And, oh, man, those are good times. I, I, I could sing with them. I think they're making fun of realtors a little there that uh, yeah. what, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And it's the, they're posted about every, every second. I think people just need to be a little cautious about not um, for lack of a better word, prostituting their clients to, um, you know, put them all over social media and, Oh, they're the greatest. And thank you so much. And I'm so, so glad I helped you and your puppy and uh, all this stuff. And then it turns into, you know, these people probably know 10 other people that are agents and it's just, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm not into that. Some people are, but uh, I would get permission from those clients before you did, before you did that kind of stuff. Cody, listen to that advice. I think it just needs to be authentic too. At the end of the day, like if you're using the same house for four different things, it's just, yeah. you're like, People can tell, you know, all yeah. they got to do is scroll their finger, you know, two inches and they can, oh, look at this. Oh, this post is, oh, it's just closing. He just said yeah. this thing sold last week. What the heck yeah. is the same house? Yeah. So, I uh, I apparently read that wrong. I thought it was saying you had all those things going with different houses at the same time. I didn't know it was the same house. It was the same house. Yeah. 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 Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was like someone posting the same house. I was like, on him for? He sold four houses. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I guess I should put on my glasses. <laughs> I'm looking forward to working with you. Oh, oh no. Oh my God, exclamation point. I I'm doing speech to text. That's not what I said. No, I'm so sorry. That's, that's not what I said. Oh, oh my that god! Awesome. <laughs> that totally happens to me all the time. Yes, it's horrible. Well, you know, I can't oh. believe the horrible words my phone will like, like yeah. put. I go, I don't even use that word. It's like when you're trying to voice text, and you're like, I didn't say that. Yeah, I had oh. one come up, but I don't know what it was. But it it took. It was supposed to be thing, and it was thong, a thong. And I'm like, oh, yeah. and I mean, and the way it sounded, it was like, I said thong, you know, it's like, you gotta be kidding me. So those are, Sorry, those are tough wearing? to come back with. Yeah. I've done some where, um, you know how it says, like, when, when you're trying to say it and rather than I, it'll say you, like I'm talking about you. And so it'll switch from the I to the you. And, you know, usually voice text is happening when you're busy and, and maybe even, driving so you're not supposed to be looking at your phone and uh, oh boy i've gotten in a lot of i've had to get out of a lot of things let's just say that yeah yeah hey this last one's a special one for andy hey besties i just want to say thank you guys for everything for supporting me for giving me nice comments on my last post and for always hyping me up I don't know what I did to deserve you guys. Why is that Andy? What is that? I just thought Andy would love that kind of content. The realtor. Andy's a gentle giant. <laughs> Andy, are you gonna you're gonna do the rest of the show from uh, your car, or you out of here? I might. Yeah, here I'll, I'll disconnect with you boys. If I don't reconnect, great to see you, Cody. And uh, and uh, I'll try though. I'll give me a minute. Me and me and the rookie will take over here. Yeah. It was great to see yeah. Andy. Yeah. All right, Nick, what's next? All right, we'll get into um, some rapid fire questions. So, selling at the same time as your next door neighbor. What's your perception of that, Cody? If you're selling the exact same time as your next door neighbor, I, I don't know. I think that could be fun. Make it, make it kind of a maybe a competition. I don't know. Yeah. You think it would, uh, it's, advantageous or destructive or a problem? I I feel like it might depend on the relationship of the neighbor. I mean, it's, it's a little, like, I know the Midwest 
is is probably you know a little different because you're like where i grew up like we knew everything about our neighbor and out here it's a little more like i feel like the house like a lot of people have vacation homes a lot of people don't even know their neighbors as sad as that might sound true um so yeah i don't i don't know that's a tough that's a tough one for me yeah i think um, i think what people should uh recognize is that it's not only next door neighbors competition, even though that's thrown right in your face, there's a lot of them around there and you have to just kind of consider about what your house is doing. Um, and in a market like today, I mean, being next to each other, I mean, if they're the exact same and you're trying to price it at 300 and they're at 250, I mean, you're going to probably have a problem and you might want to hold back a little while, but um, we've done that before where we've seen one, it goes up right before we're going to go on. It's like, Oh, oh hang, hang back. Let's see what happens with that one because it's going to affect what I'm going to do with mine. And um, I've also had them where we've, I've had three of the same cul-de-sac. Not that I had them listed. I had one listed, but three of them in the same cul-de-sac we're selling. And you can imagine, I mean, what people's questions are is what's wrong. There's something wrong. Something's going. And so from a realtor, realtor standpoint, you've got to kind of, attack those questions before they happen because people are going to ask them and if you can get ahead of the game and just say you know what it's just unbelievable how you know this this neighborhood is fantastic because once you live here you all relocate and get better jobs somewhere else you know and it's kind of a you kind of play on that rather than oh my god there's three houses for sale now it's like geez if i live here i'm going to get promoted at my job and move to the next area something kind of you can play with so there's kind of pros and cons of potentially being the first one and then also also being the second one like have you ever had it where you were selling you know and you ultimately sold first got you know whatever five hundred thousand, and then the neighbor sold a few months later the market kind of did some weird things and they ended up selling for less like basically the same house or absolutely and then I mean, not so much in this latest market, but in, in past times, I mean, that would happen all the time. I always tell people when we determine the price, when we go on the market, because so many times I'm out there, like right now, we have seven new listings coming and they're going to range from anywhere from a week now to uh, probably almost two months out. And so what I talk about is here's what the price is now. Here's what I would do now. But we don't do any of that like set the price until we're ready to go on the market because things change. I mean, if I would have said, you know, last uh, winter, Cody, you could expect to get, you know, at least 550 this, this spring. And I didn't account for interest rates from 3% to 6%. I mean, you might not be getting that. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things that you have to know what the market's doing at that time. Hey, here's actually the situation where this question was from. Selling at the same time as next door neighbor, Ethical question. My next door neighbor just put his house for sale for 1.2 million. I was planning on listing mine for 1 million this weekend, but I had no idea about him. Do I need to talk to him? It seems like I'm purposefully undercutting his price. Um, no, I mean, it's not, I don't think you're, I mean, if you're trying to give your house away just to be able to screw your neighbor over, that's a little different. But if you're trying to, yeah. you know, get the most that you possibly can. And if they think it's, I just don't think you can say, hey, this guy's trying to price it high and then he's going to nolly come down and I want to be aggressive so I get offers to be able to push it up. I mean, that's that's your choice. That was his choice. If you didn't do it, maybe the person down the street would do it. And the other thing is, is that at 1 million and 1.2 million, I doubt those houses are identical and they have different options that someone else is going to like. I think you go you go through with it and go for it. So I would I would let them know though buying a landlocked parcel of land let's say i bought a parcel of land that is surrounded by other parcels of land let's say i want to build a home here how would i access my land actually driving to and from my parcel of land without trespassing on other people's land since my land is surrounded by other parcels of land tongue twister well number one you can't <laughs> if, you, if you're landlocked that means you're landlocked you can't put something there and uh, they won't let you build there unless you've got uh, the ability to take a helicopter into it, uh, in and out of it, you know what you do. But other, other than that, you got to buy a piece of someone else's land or you got to get an easement. And there's a lot of easements out there. And basically what people are saying is that you can go across this part of the property to be able to get to your property. You don't own it. It's a, it's a, a 
a gift or it's a privilege for you in which to be able to have that. And for that gift or privilege, maybe there's some money involved and or some shared maintenance of that road. So, or, you know, requirements and what you can and can't do with that place. But it's very hard. Um, it's, it's weird to be able to get landlocked land, um, but, it, but it does happen. But if it's landlocked, you don't have it. But sometimes it's not a bad buy because if it's landlocked, nobody wants it. But if you bought it and you could sell off pieces to all the different people that are around you, it might be a benefit. I had a property like that one time. And that's uh, exactly what we did. It was a piece of land that was, it was off of mine, but it was sitting in the middle of four other parcels. And my thought was, say, hey, I'll, I can't sell it really separately because it'd be landlocked. And I thought the value was if I could get one of these four people in which to do it. Well, I did. I got one of them. They added it to their parcel, not landlocked anymore. Didn't give my parcel uh, more money and it made someone else more and I made more money that way. Beautiful. Okay. Last question. Albert Lee, you might have seen some of that, Cody, and didn't know it. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah. My gosh, what is that? Seller's possession still in home after closing. How to proceed? What do you think, Cody? <laughs> Throwing it on you. What do you do? <laughs> well, I actually just remember this for uh, from my test. It's it's a little different in Arizona. I'm not sure about in Minnesota, but you have to like you have to be very careful with their possessions. And uh, in, in a transaction, there's a, there's a handful of of different rules. You can't just you know throw them out on the curb or sell them or or something like that. Like you even have to put them in storage until you can get in touch with the the owner for like a specific period of time. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. In Minnesota, it's 21 days that we have to hold their possessions. Now, if it's a, if yep. it's a sale, um, number one, you, you should have done a walkthrough prior to closing. And then you just refuse to close until they be able to uh, get that stuff out of there. But, or what you got to do is that if you don't, then you're going to take the responsibility of probably getting rid of that. So it's well, what you want to do. I have a question on this here. So you do that walkthrough, right? Like you're just you're checking off all the boxes, do that final walkthrough. At what is that at that point of the final walkthrough, it's almost too late to almost turn anything into like a, a trade fixture or into something that's going to be coming with the, the home when you're doing the final, like you should have already probably done this beforehand, like determining what goes with the house and what doesn't. 100%. Typically on your personal property, you determine what is staying and what isn't. And on our purchase agreement in Minnesota, it states that all personal property or debris not included in the contract is to be removed. And so a lot of people where we, we, where there's kind of the iffy part is, Hey, here's extra trim and here's some paint cans. And you know, you can, but all of that stuff is supposed to go. Here's some extra tiles. We got a couple extra wood floors. Now, a lot of people want that, but by, by the contract, that it's got to be going. But here's the thing. So now all of a sudden, you, you're getting ready. You're ready to close. They leave a bunch of that stuff in there. And you have a moving truck. You just sold your house. You got a moving truck that's leaving. And they said, well, no, then I'm not closing. I don't have time to go pick it up. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to accept it, then I'm not doing it. You know, and we won't close and then you'll have to wait. And so there's all of those little, yeah, by the letter of the contract, you can't do that. But what are you going to do about it? You know, and if you want to do something about it, then you have to do something about it. But it might hold you back from doing other things. And so this happens a lot, a lot. You don't you have stains on the carpet that you didn't know about. Too bad. You want it or don't you want it? You know, in a market like this, people are going to buy it and not let it happen. It stinks, but it is what it is. Yeah, biggest thing to avoid that is what I'm taking away is just be proactive, be on top of your your deals, do the walkthroughs, check in on on the properties. Yep, you got it. Yep, especially from an agent point of view, you have to know that it was done right. So, Nick, have you gotten your European uh, real estate license yet? I I hear there's some properties on the horizon, maybe overseas. I hope. I, I was actually just talking to. Um, an Italian residence, residency real estate person. And it's quite different how they do it. They have like a package where 
they get you the residency. They deal with like all the bureaucracy in Italy. They find you a place. They do all the, your real estate stuff. And it was a total of 5,500 euros. And you paid it in two payments. And that was it. That was like your fees for the agent, the residency and whatnot. But it's a different game in uh, outside of USA when it comes to real estate and, and whatnot. Not many people have a bunch of properties they buy. And it's more you own one place and you pay a crap ton of taxes if you have a second home. But do you have any final words for uh, our listeners today, Cody and Chris? Have Thank a great you weekend. for having me. Yeah, great yeah. weekend. Yeah. That was it's fun. Good. I hope I you guys give us. Yeah, well, I just give us. I, I think it's really super cool um, to be able to get some young blood in the in the real estate industry, and um, just take your education seriously because nowadays, with uh, electronic signatures and everything, people don't even read the contracts, and you got to know what the heck you're talking about, or you're going to get yourself in trouble and your client. I was going to say, I think this was pretty good content today. So you guys should all give us a heart or a thumbs up. Make sure to uh, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Been throwing videos out there all the time. We also post three digestible clips each week on Facebook. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.